This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13th Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. Yo, wait a minute. What's that? What's that? What's that? Something sneaking around the corner. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that despite pop popular opinion still digs on disco my name is greg d and i'm genius i'm genius and on today's episode we're taking a stroll down main street and listening to some of the main themes from some of our favorite horror scores and soundtracks but before we get into that gang let me remind you we're part of the phenomenally frightening phantom podcast network and you can find all of our past episodes over at downrightcreepy.com, or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junket in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your vinyl hole. As we do, as we're spinning here along. Uh, as it is, gang, uh, this is one of those opportunities where we get to do a segment episode, if you will, mm-hmm. where sometimes we get caught up into, into the mouth of March Madness and things like that, <laughs> as it were. And some of the commentary tracks, but one of the fun things that we get to do here on the show are the little segmented episodes. Uh, and one of those that we do is where we get to do what's one called What's the Score? Mm-hmm. And where we get to basically just l- sit back and listen to some of our favorite records. Yeah. And to do so, we're actually bringing in a special guest here. Uh, you have actually heard him here on Nightmare Junket. Have you heard him over at Nerds and Nostalgia? And hopefully, you're hearing him over as the host, uh, I should say co host, of the Media Rewind podcast. Welcome back, Dustin. Fryer. Hi, diddly hodly neighborinos. How we doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. How about you guys? Stunningly, actually. So uh, so you can see behind the curtain here, we just finished uh, watching Toby Hooper's The Fun House mm-hmm. in preparation for our uh, Hooper retrospective. So in terms of when you hear this, because this is going to be basically, this is another banked episode. Right. Uh, so, you know, whenever you hear this, hopefully, um, obviously, you've heard our Hooper retrospective, um, and we're obviously a lot of heavy feelings on that one. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you'll you'll hear it in the episodes. Hmm. Uh, but we're also putting together here a little bit of a, a little chance to listen to some music here. Yeah, this is one of those, like, where in time are we? So just sit back and have fun. It, but I'm still picturing from Maniac Cop Rap, there's a line in there that, that when you're, he won't need the Uzi because he'll come out of the jacuzzi. That's and fucking I, frightening. And I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking of like Robert Zadar just like coming <laughs> out of nowhere like fucking Freddy Krueger in the bathtub just like you're the right to be silent <laughs> and just <laughs> Kick me out of my own jacuzzi and just hang out with bubbles. Well, hey. you know, it was it was it was sad, unfortunately, because you know how you like to get in a jacuzzi right under about chin deep, basically. <laughs> Zadar never could, man. God nope. love him. God nope. love him. Yep. Uh, but no, this is obviously we don't do this all the time. Um, obviously, there are some podcasts out there that do this on a weekly basis, and I want to shout out definitely uh, the From and Inspired by podcast uh, with a friend of the podcast Nick Spacek. Uh, mm-hmm. The Damn Fine Cast is another one that I really enjoy, and the uh, Sounds of Fear podcast as well. Now. Those are some really good horror score soundtrack podcasts that do it on a weekly basis. And it's something we get to do every now and again. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like to joke, it's kind of our lazy episodes because we're basically, (laughs) and as Genius said, we're listening to the vinyl records we have here. So -hmm. everything that we play here on the podcast for this segment are the records that we're spinning right fresh live, so to speak. Stacks of wax. That's what we're doing. And so I wanted to actually go into the whole concept of main themes. And just in terms of kind of what, what constitutes the main theme uh you know it's you know is it what the the movie is remembered by because if you think of like halloween Mm -hmm. what do you think of when you think of the music 
Dun, 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 right? There are certain identifiable traits that go along with main themes, and so that's what I was hoping we could focus on, and just and all the cool shit that goes along with them. Uh, you know, what are some of your guys's? They live. Oh, that's the, the kind of Western-ish yeah. to that one is just, oh. And I'll even throw it out there. I know you hate the movie, but Ghost of Mars. I mean, hey. No, I, I don't hate the movie. It's one I've, I've had issues with. I've it's had just very predictable. With. It's just, I don't think it's upper tier Carpenter. But I'll, honestly, though, that soundtrack, Anthrax helped him with that score. So yeah. mad metal props to that. No, I have no problem with that, actually. Mm-hmm. What about you, Genius? Well, I think I'm going to go a little old school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sticking on the Carpenter theme, um, I have to say, and you were asking what makes a theme or not, you got to go with the original Halloween. It's mm-hmm. a character in itself. Yep. I mean, that's and I think that's what makes that's what makes a good theme, a good main theme, is that not only does it add, but just little minor tweaks of it can really move the story along. And that's what I think is really rad with a lot of the scores here that we'll listen to is a lot of the motifs and the themes that we get. They do expand or they deviate from it mm-hmm. in terms of adding you know complexity to the other amounts of the score. Yeah. And so when you get a really good one, you can kind of Cronenberg it, if you will, <laughs> and make it its own thing. And then again, just kind of just um, enhance or deviate from it. So there's so much cool shit that goes along with that. Long live the new score. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that we started off a proper, if you will. And so we're going to listen to two tracks here from the band Goblin and but better way to start off than with the main theme and again if you think of Goblin I think for most people there's probably two main themes that they think of when you hear Goblin in the horror context I would say Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. and Suspiria so <laughs> absolutely we wanted to actually, actually so we're going to start off with the main theme from Suspiria mm-hmm. which honestly is like you said it's become a character in and of itself with that score and then also wanted to shout out by the time this particular episode is released I think over at Screenland Armor they would already had their 4k screening of Suspiria Mm -hmm. and I I don't want to necessarily say anything that may not be true but keep your eyes and ears out listeners if you're in the Kansas City area at Screenland they may possibly play it again yes so yeah keep an eye out for that one because this is something you don't want to miss yeah no I mean just in terms of Suspiria and witches and what have you. This is just a great one to start with. Mm -hmm. So let us go ahead and start with the main theme from Suspiria. think one of the cooler aspects of that and how it just kind of lures you in mm-hmm. yeah very the, very un- innocently like dun, dun, you're like oh yeah and then like and then shit just hits the fan and there's like so many jello movie and there's so many cool different versions of this particular track some i've even heard almost like a techno based house version if you will which is kind An of edm suspiria that's yes, awesome it, no it, it works well witch 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 
And why not? Because I think yeah, it lends itself well. And in terms of the the film by Argento, I just really think that when you have such stunning visuals, you need something stunning orally. Exactly, just as bombastic and colorful. Well, I know you guys know a lot about the history of that movie. Is that a Japanese taiko drum that's in the back when they're they're beating on it? It's kind of that got that weird reverb. That boom. I wouldn't be surprised because the Goblin is very much a cool-ass Italian progressive rock band. And so that means, in terms of when you hear prog rock, that means they're all going to be like these crazy talented musicians, and I guarantee you they incorporate the most eclectic stuff they can. Well, yeah, you had a, like a kid's xylophone at the beginning, the little doo 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 It's all It's all about the art of sound. It, it really is. The wall it really of is. Sound. The wall of sound. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, and, it, and Goblin really lends themselves to that. So even in the, um, if you continue on that particular track, they just continue to add layers to the theme. Mm-hmm. They introduce it, they add to it, they take away from it, and it becomes one of those iconic themes. Much like in some of the ones that we'll listen to later, you very much identify the theme with the, the, with the movie. With the movie. Yeah. They're just, they're, it's in the DNA. You know, you can't escape them. And so we're going to transition from 1977 to 1985, and we're going to stay with Goblin, and we're going to now look at the uh, main theme from a track and a film that is, again, staying with Argento as well. They had a really good working relationship here. Uh, this one, actually, if you're a uh, Labyrinth fan, you owe it to yourself to see the movie, even before Labyrinth, that Jennifer Connelly technically made her debut creepy crawlers yeah so <laughs> creepers in some places phenomenon in others mm-hmm. uh, but yeah no this is one that in terms of because I don't know in terms of kind of putting together an Argento pull list just the, the films that you need to see yeah this is one of them I really think this is one of them because it does contain a great performance from Jennifer Connelly mm-hmm. but can you imagine this is a young Jennifer Connelly being subjected to an Argento film <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have ever seen anything but he was notoriously really difficult to work with because number one English wasn't his first language yeah th- this isn't Jim Henson and the Goblin game no there's, this is this, this is, is gonna be up. we're gonna put you in a you know pool full of maggots right <laughs> <laughs> for y'all for career opportunities. <laughs> nice pull. There we go. <laughs> Hasn't worked out too bad for her. No, not, it didn't work out for work out pretty badly for me either for that particular film. That was uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but no, 1985, uh, the main theme with Phenomenon, and I will also give the soundtrack to Phenomenon a uh, shout out as well because they incorporate a deep cut from the Iron Maiden catalog with a song called Flash of the Blade which I love that it is incorporated so well in there. Uh, But we are going to listen to the main theme from Phenomenon, and I'm going to challenge you to this because when I listen to it, it's a great score. It's very distinctive. But to me, it almost sounds like you're progressing through a video game level, Mm -hmm. and you're like introduced to mini boss themes, to boss themes, and so forth. So I'm curious to see what you guys think of that. But uh, yeah, we're going to listen to go ahead and listen to the main theme from Phenomenon.
can't tell me that's not epic and that just does not take you along a journey. That's wow. It's, it's fucking Castlevania. It's or Ninja Gaiden. It's so you can hear like, kind of a video ah, game esque mm, feel, can't yeah, you? Yeah, especially that little like, but a horror video game. Like if 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 it was like. Dracula Man on Mega Man. Yeah, like, and that like was the little the, sync beat. The doo -doo 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 -doo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? One thing about Goblin, I know it's got a lot of fans in it, but I don't think a lot of people like know and appreciate like the coolness that, that Goblin can do. So I hope anybody who like appreciates Danny Elfman certainly he, he definitely owes a lot to goblin they're a huge influence obviously mm -hmm. well they're just a very eclectic band and they still perform live they will actually put on full sets of all of their scores it, like to the awesome films to yes great because they're so atmospheric like you could probably put like that lost those both those songs that we just heard on any situation and make any situation that much more epic like you're driving down the road with the it's, with that last the, the phenomenon, and, and you would be doing to, 130 miles an hour right, by yes about two would, minutes right. in. <laughs> but you know, you put that stuff. You put uh, the the one from um, Suspiria in a hospital, and you're just like, holy shit! You're I mean, summoning something, yeah, exactly. or like a dark highway, right? Oh, yes. just kind of driving through like the, you know, the on the headlights. Yeah. Yes, I think that's the mark of a good like instrumental score is if you can put it in different situations and make it something totally different mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why it works so well so yeah well we're gonna actually with our next cut we're gonna stay in the year 1985 we're gonna go kind of just the tonal opposite in terms of kind of the upbeatness that we just heard uh 1985 gave us some really good scores and soundtracks to, uh, to the fact that uh, return of the living dead We've actually done yeah. as an episode of What's the Score. Now, I will say this. It's the way of life. <laughs> you like it spooky. <laughs> as it is, back when we did that originally, the sound quality on that one is not as great as these are now. We, we've learned as we've gone along here, so I'd like to think the last few What the Scores we've done have been a lot better in sound quality, but we've actually listened to some of the tracks on that. And in the same year, in 1985, we got another great zombie film, but another one that is just tonally different from Return of the Living Dead, and that is George A. Romero's Day of the Dead, mm -hmm. which we were we've been lucky enough to host uh, multiple screenings of both of, both of those films mm -hmm. in thirty five, as it were. But you want to talk about a different reaction to both of those films? Yeah, the, that's night and day. <laughs> day of the Dead, Night of the Dead. We are going to listen to. It is technically. It is the Dead Suite on Side B here, and it is by John Harrison, who actually also did the score from Creep Show, mm -hmm. as well as Tales from the Dark Side. So we've heard him before on the podcast, but I really love this one because uh, uh, Goblin did Dawn of the Dead, and so now we're basically going from dawn to day. We have a new composer and a new feel, and so I'm anxious to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but I'm going to play the first few minutes here of the Dead Suite from Day of the Dead. Thank you. 
Hello. Yeah, so that is a little bit from the Dead Suite from John Harrison's Day of the Dead. And so I remember being in a record store. I was looking for, it was, I distinctly remember I was looking for John Coltrane. They just put out this like deluxe edition of A Love Supreme. Had like this rare live Paris recording. It had him recording with Archie Shep and Pharaoh Sanders. It was like really a big deal, right? And so I'm in there and I'm going to buy it and I hear this dung, 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 dung. And I'm like, oh, I, I know that. That's uh, the Day of the Dead. And then I hear the, hello, you know, the guy. Uh, but then it breaks mm-hmm. in. It would, turned out it was the Gorillaz track, A1, M1. And they they sample extensively from that track. Yeah. Which, I, I, every time I hear that track, it always takes me back to that blank hallway that they have at the beginning um, where she touches the calendar. And I could just picture it in my mind from the end. And then, brah, right? And then that bell. I love that bell because I know the bell is always going to say either Rubenstein or Laurel because that bell is like their signal for everything they do. And anytime I see Rubenstein or Laurel, I know I'm in for a good treat. And then you know it's somehow or another going to be scored either by Goblin or John Harrison, in which case you're still in for it. <laughs> yeah. You're still in good hands. That was like some John Harrison after midnight. It, right? well, especially like when it kicks like, in. Yeah, like, well, that was the beauty. It almost turns into like one of those cannibal Holocaust scores once it really kicks into that little bit of a you know jazzy reggae bit. Right. And it's interesting, though, you do, there are a lot of people that dislike that particular score score for Day of the Dead. Huh. They think it kind of betrays what Don established, but I really like both of them because I think both of the films are so distinctly different. Yeah. Just in terms of mm. tone yep. and so forth. No, I think that the score itself deserves to be a little bit different as well. So that's what I'm glad we have with that one. So going from 85 John Harrison, I thought we would definitely would be not good horror host here if we didn't explore some of the more iconic movies and the themes that are out. We've already done our John Carpenter episode in which we did listen to Halloween. Yeah, now <laughs> Okay. <laughs> With the inclusion of JC and Buck Flower there. God damn it. <laughs> and unfortunately, as it turned out, we did listen to the wrong speeds with Halloween 3 and Prince of Darkness, which is definitely a great gaffe, if you will. <laughs> I think it's appropriate, so we'll definitely make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, but we definitely listened to those, and I think, you know, with John Carpenter, obviously, his main themes are super iconic. Oh, yeah. And it's so got two versions here of one uh, from one that I think ultimately is also as iconic, and it was kind of jumped on the back of the Halloween slasher craze. But that is Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? You want to talk about something. When you think of Friday the 13th, even if you've never seen the movie, you know oh, yeah. that You're, so well. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to listen what the uh, the version we're listening to here is from the original Friday the 13th, and it is the intro and the main theme. Make sure you're not smoking pot, having premarital sex, or anything along the lines. I'm fucked. <laughs> They're coming to get you, genius. <laughs> So scary, so scary. 
I'm looking behind me right now. Yeah, I love how it just builds up the tension by ramping up the temp, uh, not the tempo, the pitch. <clears throat> just goes higher and higher and higher, and then it holds. And then it just leaves you with bated breath, like, oh, shit. And then, and then just that little, like, orchestra string. Like, a little bit of slice. Just like, ah, ten more tension. I think the thing I like about that is, like, in the 80s, you had a lot of synth pop kind of, you know, sound coming out mm -hmm. of almost every theme song. Yeah. But this one, they used a full orchestra. I mean, they had the bass going, you know, and yeah. then they had the cellos, and whoa, then all whoa, of a sudden, whoa, whoa. The, the, yeah. And it, this, that, that whole, that that's like almost comfort food because you know, whenever you hear, it, unless you're like out in the real world, and yeah, then you're screwed. Don't happen, want to hear it. Then you're fucked. But if you're watching a movie or you're playing a game or just fucking around with something and you hear that on somebody else it's great but like yeah if you hear that in the world mm -mm. and again you don't have to you've never had to have seen one of these films but you know that is mm -hmm. from friday the 13th yep. and yeah. that just leads leads credence to it uh, henry menfrandini just made a piece of real simplistic and that's the beauty of a lot of these things yeah is they're built on very simple patterns and so forth not simple per se no, but they get to the base fear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they just boil them down now here uh we're gonna go to we're flash floating and we're staying within flash floating flash forwarding here uh staying within the friday the 13th universe and we're going to part three and yeah, of course, you know, you can't go in part three. Fuck Shelly. <laughs> Fuck Shelly. Ah. It's surprising we got that long, you know, <laughs> even talking about Friday the 13th, but of course, it's going into part three here. But I definitely wanted to talk about the theme from Friday the 13th, oh, part yeah. three, which is <laughs> such a distinctly different thing from what we're used to. But of course, we were talking about the infamous disco theme. Mm -hmm. And I do also want to give a shout out to uh, Ghoulish Gary Pullen for doing the artwork on part three's cover here that we have here, who you've heard on the podcast before. Before. It looks rad. It's fantastic. All of his work is pretty damn good. Uh huh. And that's it's again phenomenal. the beauty of the physical media that we're utilizing here is not only is it getting you know to the music to the artists, but and also the artists themselves that are providing these really cool yeah. alternative co you know core uh, cover work that the collectors. That's what we love. That's mm. what we draw yeah. to it. That's why I have a lot of this stuff on my wall. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of the reason why people don't collect CDs because I mean the the, the jacket art is nothing like a vinyl. You're right. You don't, yeah, it doesn't give you the same feel. But uh, speaking of feel, if you guys want to start dancing, that's fine. If you want to break out the Crispin Glover, uh, I'm not <laughs> sure which one it'll feel to, but uh, let's get funky and dirty to the main theme from a Friday the 13th Part 3. Dustin grooved so damn hard, he literally brought the house down. Mm -hmm. That was incredible. I'm sorry I broke your bar, Greg. I was going to blame Shelly. Fuck that dude. <laughs> it all does come back around to Shelly there. But what a distinctly different thing to do with the main theme. In 1983, of all years, right. it had expired so by, by then. Oh, yeah. I mean, my question is, what was the point of making it for the first place? It was, I mean, it's a good theme, and I was grooving out, but like you said, disco has already passed, and you're not going to see, like, Jason Groove. Do you <laughs> know? Jason and some you're bell not bottoms. Gonna, you're not oh, going to see, like, because, yeah. I mean, like, I'll give you Star Wars disco, you know, it was still pretty hot, and you could see, like, Vader busting the groove. But, like, the closest you're going to see to Jason Voorhees busting down would be, like... A door? No, no. <laughs> like, the robot. <laughs> like Very basic. Or, like, just... I could just picture, like... One of these days, I would love to see Kane Hodder get completely shit-faced if this comes on and just see what his interpretation of dancing, dancing. would be. Just, like... <laughs> 
Well, actually, uh, our buddies, uh, around. Uh, Daniel yeah. and Dustin, the men behind the mask, I'd love to see a um, almost like a disco ball inspired Jason mask. There we go. In in honor of the disco theme from this one. So put that one out there, guys. Uh, <laughs> even to, you know, see if that could be, uh, if it could happen. If you guys haven't checked them out, too, uh, on Facebook, uh, check them out. They're, they do these really cool customized Jason masks. Mm-hmm. Fuck Shelly. <laughs> from Friday the 13th, uh, I thought we would definitely take a listen to one of the main themes from a movie that we've talked about before on the podcast we've devoted an entire episode to it and of course we talked about the main theme and you can't talk about iconic themes that just bury into your brain without one from boy (laughs) the main theme from phantasm if this uh theme doesn't scare you then you're You're already dead Yes, you are. No, we didn't devote an entire episode to it. We've hosted multiple screenings of the restoration of Ravager, of which we had the unfortunate experience of hearing uh, an audience turn against, maybe not us, but maybe the film. But we, but it had nothing to do with the score, because the score definitely brings together. Uh, but uh, you can't really talk about main themes without talking about Phantasm. Mm-hmm. And we are going to take a listen to the main theme from Phantasm. So hypnotizing and frightening, right? It, it's got a, it's got That's such right. a fat groove, man. It's got like, ding, ding, ding. but like, it's one thing that I wouldn't want to hear if I'm like making out with some. <laughs> because if I happen to be making out with someone in a cemetery. In the cemetery, and then all of a sudden, boar, you know, like no, like ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, why? Why would you be making out with somebody in a cemetery? Because this just happens. Well, this is genius. We're it's talking just, about. It just, it just yeah. happens. Touche, sir. Touche. You know, things that happen in movies happen to him in real life. Right. So, <laughs> again, why he is my avatar to the real world. Uh, but no, def- definitely hypnotizing. Something I automatically just I go to again. Just uh, put in the DNA. I think phantasm. I think that theme. Mm-hmm. It's just it's fantastic. It's so surreal. It really is. It mm-hmm. and it's perfect for the dreamlike state of the film itself. Yeah. Uh, but so. I wanted to go ahead and go from something classic to some of the newer stuff that we find out there uh, and actually talk about and do a main theme from a film we've talked about here on the podcast before that I think would be interesting because I want to make sure you rewatch it sometime. Uh, But we are going to be listening to the main theme from It Follows. Okay. Which I know is a film you had issues with, but was for a really weird reason initially. Goddamn kids and their sex ST demons. Definitely go back and take a listen to that one, just in terms of what happened with what actually took Genius off course, because it's actually a very interesting little tangent there. Uh, but one thing that I, we definitely praised and uh, still to holds up to this day is the main theme of this particular score, uh, done by Disasterpiece, who had actually just done uh, video game music before. Uh, but this is definitely a throwback synth. You talked about the synth of the Terra right. uh, mm-hmm. Dustin. This is definitely one that feeds into that nostalgic vibe of which you see a lot of people doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Moore from the band Zombie, who's done uh, the work for like Cub, um, The Guest, uh, all very much Carpenter-esque scores. Yeah. And like Stranger Things type scores, like the, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and don't get me, I love them. Don't me get too. me wrong. Yeah, love no, them. It's, 
If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna copy something, copy something from the best. Oh. But there is an oversaturation point. But I think mm-hmm. it follows came along at just the right time because when you watch the film and you realize it is such an homage to Carpenter and Craven and all those greats, yeah. that the score itself has that Carpenter esque feel. But man, that main theme it does give me goosebumps when it hits. So uh, anxious to hear see that again with you, genius. See what you think. Uh, but let's take a listen to the main theme from It Follows. Say what you will about the movie, but that main theme that is just is killer. Great, it's like familiar and creepy at the same time. You know, it's got like a, there's something about that. I love that. It's just very like, and then it's very um. That's the Chips Ahoy song. It's just, <laughs> it's disjointed. That's why it's familiar. Mm, cookies, soft no, batch. It was just, it's disjointed. Yet it's there's something about it where like, oh, very hypnotically disjointed. It's I really dig that. I think the disjointedness comes from the the fact that they're using a lot of pickup notes because they're not just going on a four four. You know, dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like dun 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 dun. And I think you have like Carpenter to thank for all those weird time signature stuff that he brought that into the lexicon. That you know what I might have to just rewatch it just for the music. The music in itself is great, but I I again challenge you to rewatch it without the the Buck Flower (laughs) Scooby Doo Gang (laughs) thing going on in your head because (laughs) I did think it derailed. Because I really do, I really hold fast to that movie. I think it's well worth your time. (laughs) Why don't just go down to Singapore and do the crazy shit like that, like I did back in the day? (laughs) <laughs> Always derailed, man, by Bug Flower. <laughs> and so uh, if you go back to actually to our very first episode that we did of Nightmare Junkhead, the episode was devoted to a film called Starry Eyes, uh-huh. which we heaped a lot of praise on. It's one. It's a film I've enjoyed up to this day. Yeah, but I we still... also talked about the score mm-hmm. uh, by Jonathan Snipes. And so if you go, it's interesting. I'm kind of curious to go back and listen to that first episode to see if we've actually evolved at all as a podcast, just in terms of where we started from. <laughs> or it's like, my God, they're just doing they that shit. Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Next like, thing you know, he's gonna be a back-to-back like then and now zobbledy bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, that was just sad, you know. <laughs> we we, we like VH1. Where are they now? Yes, the, devolved. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. we don't 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 evolve any further because we do want to listen to a little bit of the main theme that you get, and it's actually called Sarah's theme. And it's just another, it's a film that definitely deserves your attention, but also the score itself because mm-hmm. it really gives kind of a Philip Glass vibe. Again, just in terms of the hypnotic pieces, the yeah. repetition. Uh, see what you guys think here from the main theme from Starry Eyes.
and that is some bad business right there. Star ass gonna miss you. <laughs> I it, it almost I think kind of uh, goes back to the Candyman theme. You know, can you hear that in it? I definitely can, but I love like how this song starts so simplistic, then it just gets so complex, and more things happen. Then it has almost a shenanigan-y vibe right in the middle and then it goes back to simplistic and then it gets very very dark really yeah, quick and very ominous yes and the whole and the thing i love about that song in particular one it's such a like happy upbeat but it almost tells the story of, of what's going what on in the experience. movie right just in that little like five minutes it's basically mary tyler moore via cronenberg for the most <laughs> right. part where instead of throwing up her hat you know we you finally made it, she make it after. right she throws up like it's it's her, her hat skin. but their skin and hair is still attached <laughs> rough just like, like <laughs> and i definitely encourage you guys to seek out starry eyes yes. it's a great little recent horror flick that had a great score mm-hmm. and it's what launched nightmare junkhead so it's kind of nice to be able to listen to that now how this will be you know who knows it'll maybe uh in our 90s here at this point so yeah. it's kind of fantastic to kind of go from there uh but i kind of wanted to end it if you will with a little uh, couple of uh, odd choices uh if you will and this one is for you genius um the main theme itself is very brief but there's a little bit of a cool build up into it but uh it's the one score that i keep up on the wall uh. Specifically, just to keep you on your toes, if you will. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking chuds, man. Exactly. So. Fucking chuds. <laughs> Shit. Tell them. They're gonna get you. They are. They're gonna come out one of these days from the manhole and just rip me down, and I'm. Just, I would, I'm you know what's gonna happen too? It's when you're coming out of the Alamo. Exactly. It's right there at that grate, right exactly. there at 14th and Truman. And Hall. you were always very conscious of that as well. If uh-huh. you if, if you've ever if you're in the Kansas City area and you watch him after a show, he will avoid them. I, after a show, before a show, during a show, anytime there's a grate, fuck all that noise. I'm not dealing with chuds. So we've got the opening tracks here from the Chud Score soundtrack, specifically for my man Genius <laughs> McGee. Watch what's underneath you. Mm. Simple, basic, effective, and it still gets genius to this day. They're going to get you genius. I fucking love how, like, the beginning rock of it just, like, screams dirty New York. Percussive, just mm-hmm. dangerous. Just like, right? hung, hung, and I'm walking it, you know, just like dirty <laughs> New York, right? And then it's just, like, so ominous and creepy, just. That's what I hear when I, like, cross over <laughs> near grates and shit. Nope. Manhole nah. covers. Mm-hmm. Gutters. Yep. No. The, the soundtrack to your life, man. There's, yep. there, and there's some. There's a beauty to that that it is forever linked again yeah. within the DNA, your your horror DNA as it is. God, because that goddamn trailer. It's and it works so well. It works incredibly well. 
And so I kind of wanted to finish off everything here with another oddball jam, if you will. But we've actually devoted an entire episode of What's the Score to this one. But it was when we had bad audio quality. So I wanted to kind of gift this one to anyone that's listened to us and heard that and go, man, I wish I could listen to that a little bit better. Because it is one of my all-time favorite main themes. I think it is beautiful. It's creepy. It's layered. Uh, It's also involved with one of my all-time favorite uh, intros to any horror film, uh, just in terms of the creative peak of it. Uh, It's also got the greatest use of lipstick uh, ever committed to celluloid <laughs> of course we are talking about night of the demons which <laughs> and, and sour balls and so of course and actually as it is the the vinyl that we're listening to is uh, the sour balls edition <laughs> um, Ooh, there you go nice and so yeah i definitely want to thank uh lenaris records uh waxwork death waltz mondo that's all we've oh, been yeah. listening to here there have been a few original pressings but a lot of these are repressings through those companies so you guys please support physical media you guys because these mm-hmm. things that you have they are collector's items yep. they oh, sound yeah. great they look great they're fun getting together and listening to this shit like a listening party as we are doing here uh so we're going to close everything out with uh this main theme from night of the demons it's so goddamn good enjoy it So good. So good. Thank you, Dennis Michael Tenney, for that little gift there. That is one of my all-time favorite main themes from a horror film. It sets it up perfect because it's very um, atmospheric and creepy and spooky, which is what a good horror theme and, should be. And it's kind of mirthful in many ways. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> and honestly, uh, Night of the Demons will show up in our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament for next year because <laughs> it's one of the representat- representatives of 1988. I'll get your oh. lipsticks ready. <laughs> yes, as you, as it will there. Uh, but no, I've, there's just and then there's also the great little rock songs that are on there as well. Uh, Computer date, uh, but it's just one of those that I think doesn't necessarily get lumped into the great themes because it's one that I just don't think is widely recognized mm-hmm. as much as it should be. A definitely a cult classic. It's a very great one, I mean, and I think anybody who's seen that movie knows it and appreciates it. And like you said, unfortunately, it doesn't have the big wide appeal to give it that like iconic status that it should yeah and, but i think you know based on companies like lunaris that are putting out these very obscure horror scores on vinyl it's just it's putting it out there for the audience so the mm-hmm. and the audience is there obviously yeah, uh-huh. and more people need to seek these out man because like you know a good theme just like you guys were saying it makes a movie makes or breaks a movie i mean the, you look at a lot of the action films that are coming out now and a lot some of the horror films 
they don't really have heart to them in, yeah. in the theme song. At a lot all. of it is very generic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, no, and this is no offense to anybody that might be listening, but you can't have a Taylor Swift cover of, of a theme song and have, you know Taylor Swift and Goblin. <laughs> 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 but you, you know what I mean. You can't really have a pop star that's like doing a lot of good like. Um, I don't know ominous music if they're doing bubblegum pop or right. anything like that. And it's so. definitely a different audi- audience, obviously. Yeah. It's a yeah. niche audience, but you're, it's you're, what a wonderful niche it is. Mm-hmm, because you can't have, like, <laughs> and, and the Annabelle movie was sung by Katy Perry. <laughs> you, you know, know yeah, obviously Con Air goes a little bit different when you go from... What was it? How can I live without you? <laughs> to something like maybe the gonk, you know, where you have <laughs> Nicholas Cage bouncing out with his kids, seeing Cyrus the Virus getting his head crushed with a bump, 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 crush, crush. <laughs> oh, the possibilities. So uh, thank you guys for listening along with us. Uh, thank you, Dustin, for I listening along with us. I appreciate you guys having us. me on again. Oh, this that's been fun. Are you kidding? And I, I appreciate what you guys did with the, uh, the little Game of Thrones wrap up that you and a genius are doing on the Media Rewind. Yeah, so. we've got Rewinding Dead coming up in uh, October, mid-October. We'll, we'll yeah. be on Easy Street. <laughs> yes, we will. And it'll feel so neat. <laughs> yeah, going from ice zombies to regular zombies, it should exactly. be a good one. Uh, so I guess until next time, gang, uh, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Shake it.